0: Production support for Soundbites is made possible by listeners and by Coffee by Design, growing a business committed to community and sustainability locally and worldwide. Coffeebydesign.com.
1: Welcome to Soundbites, true stories told by local Mainers and nationally recognized storytellers. The themes are always changing, and the hosts are from all over the nation, but when you hear the name Soundbites, you're in for a unique storytelling experience. SoundBites is brought to you by Frontier Studios and made possible by the generous contributions of Allagash Brewing Company, Frontier, The Press Hotel, Toad & Co., and by the listeners of Maine Public Radio. This week's stories were told live at Frontier in Brunswick, where the event's dedicated theme was schooled. Here's today's host, Chicago-based storyteller and host of Shannon Kaysen's homemade stories, Mr. Shannon Kaysen.
2: I want you guys to all be friends for our next storyteller. I want you guys to go crazy for Brie Canland.
0: If you'd asked me when I was a kid what I wanted to be when I grow up, I would have said a librarian, a veterinarian, And I also had that phase like I think a lot of us did where you wanted to be a marine biologist because you thought you got to swim with dolphins. Was that just me? No, I never had even a fleeting thought about becoming a teacher. And so imagine my surprise, I have woken up every day and willingly gone to high school for 22 out of the last 26 years of my life. Yeah, yeah, I'm on year 23 of doing that right now. Year 19 of teaching has begun. Um, And I never wanted to be a teacher. It never occurred to me. And in fact, I missed so much of my middle school experience because I was bullied by the two kids who were alphabetically on either side of me, which meant, oh, that was sweet, thank you. Which meant that my locker was in between their locker. And it also means that every time our teacher assigned us seats alphabetically, I had to sit in between them. And they really tormented me and I was afraid to go to school a lot and so I begged my parents to let me stay home and they did. And I was sad to miss all that school and I really liked learning and I liked my teachers and um, it was sad. And so, oh, what did they do? So this gigantic, humongous, tall kid on my left, um, he would call me Goodyear, like the blimp. And uh, I just thought maybe if I could be skinnier, I was this like very average, normal sized kid, but it really shook my confidence to my core. And she always would glare at me. You know how they glare at you? And um, she would say, I'm gonna beat you up today. Like today's your day. And so I believed her, even though she never made good on that promise ever. Um, And so I avoided going to school. I mean, I'm early t- i mean, like 30 days of school missed in a year, 40 days of school missed in a year, and um, I thought I could do something. Like, I could take up less space, and I'd be safe at school. I thought that if I only ate a green apple, it's what I used to bring to lunch when this was all going on, if I could just only eat this apple, I'd be like skinnier and then he'd give up the Goodyear thing. And then I also avoided going to the lunchroom because I didn't want to be where she was because I thought this would be the day that she would make good on this promise. So I just tried to be invisible. I tried to not take up space. And I don't think that I ever told an adult. It like never occurred to me to tell an adult And so now I'm the adult, right? And I'm at school every day. And I'm trying like hell to make school safe for my students because I didn't feel that way. And so um, I do things like um, this year, I said, I'm Miss Canland. I want you to call me Miss Canland, not Candland or anything else, or Mrs. Canland, my dad's Mr. Canland. And my pronouns are she, her, hers. And so you can say, like, you're going to her class, or she gave you homework, that's great. And um, I never really thought about what that might do for a kid until this year, actually, when two weeks ago, a kid, I'm going desk to desk to desk, talking to kids, getting to know them a little bit, and the kid says to me, "Um, actually, I use a different name and pronouns than what's on the attendance sheet. Um, I just wanted to let you know. And so what I realized in talking to a couple of other teachers is that I'm the only teacher and the first teacher that was told that information and I think it's just because I was the one to like bring it up. And um, it reminds me of last year when I I have this extra desk chair, I always leave it next to my desk and I don't have doors. My door is always open to my students because I don't have a door, literally, um, in 19 years of teaching or a window. Um, But anyway, it's fine. My department head is here, and he has a window, and it looks nice. Um, (laughs) um, So anyway, uh, it's my prep period, and you never get anything done when you have a classroom without a door, because it means that if they like you, they're always in your space with you. And so um, one of my students came in, and I had had her the year before, and she's like, are you going to the Portland Pride Parade this weekend? And I was like, no, we're out of town this weekend. And she's like, well, my girlfriend and I are going to march in it together. And I said, Are you telling me something about you that I did not know until this very moment? And she's like, Uh huh. And that's the best kind of day that a teacher can have, right? When a kid knows that they're going to share something about you and you will honor it. And um, that was very powerful. I also try to make routines in my classroom. I realize that this might sound silly, but I'm just trying so hard to make them feel safe and giving them that routine. So like there are students that were my students that are in this room, my advisees in this room right now. Everybody knows that when you come into my classroom, you have to say good morning or hello to me when I say hello to you, and you have to say goodbye when the bell rings because I really want us to learn how to acknowledge one another, you know? And uh, so then we've done the pronouns, We've talked about hello and goodbye and and how that's all gonna work every day. And then we talk about physical safety and this takes up a lot more time. And so the first day of school, we're talking about, okay, here's what we're gonna do if this happens or if this happens. So if we have a fire drill, we have to get out of the building. We're gonna uh, close the door. Oh good, that's already done. We don't have one. Um, (laughs) Shut off, uh, close the window, all set. True, we're supposed to do that, but I don't have those. Um, so we will walk through this classroom, we'll walk down the hallway, there's stairs, we'll meet out front and we're gonna stay together. I'm gonna take attendance. If I don't show up, you have to tell an adult that my student from the fire department probably kidnapped me to test you. That happens sometimes. Um, so we've talked about fire drills and then I said, and we, we're gonna talk about lockdown drills now. and. Um, So what we do is we have to go to the classroom kind of across a hallway. It's hallway, but it's also my classroom, it's awkward. It's like vision a cubicle, that will help you. And so um, we have to get into this room to lock down. And uh, what I need you to know is that we're gonna be really quiet, Um, we are, I always tell them not to post their location on Snapchat. I don't know why I do that. I just like, don't want people to know where we end up. And I said, and if you're away from the group for any reason, I need you to make your own best decision about where to lock down. Because once we lock the doors to that room that actually has doors, we can't let you in. And, um, you know, kids used to laugh um, about lockdown drills. And then Sandy Hook happened in 2012, and now they don't and uh, no one makes jokes about them and nobody talks during lockdown drills anymore. And um, it was a particularly hard day, the day um, that we went to school, the day after 17 people were killed in Parkland, Florida. Um, So we walked into the building and we were greeted by the sheriff's department and the police department, and we could only use the front door. And it was because there had been after in the wake of the shooting, there had been you know everyone's anxiety was very high, and so there had been a couple of reports of students who might want to hurt us and those were rumors and they were unfounded, but you know it had happened the day before and the rumors came to light overnight and so I show up to school surrounded by the media is there, the sheriff's departments there, the police are there, they're walking us into the front door um, and how do you have a day of school when fewer than 50% of your students are there because everyone's too afraid to go to school? And um, the kids talked to me about um, being afraid to eat lunch. They were afraid if they were in the cafeteria, a gunman could come in and kill all of them at once. That's really hard to hear them feel so unsafe to even come in the room. Um, I remember one of them told me Um, I'm afraid to go to my science classroom because like like your classroom, he also doesn't have walls or a door and I'm afraid we're not going to have time to get out if something happens. And um, you know, that that day ended, it was vacation, it was time to take a beat. And then um, three weeks later, there was an actual threat of violence um, posted online about targeting our school and uh, a former student was arrested. and then right after that, um, we heard another bit of like rumor about something, and we had to go into lockdown during lunch period just to confirm and track down, and it was a misunderstanding, and everyone was safe and it was fine. Um, but those things really affect your psyche, and I'm thinking about like, I'm trying to be a teacher, and like, it, I, I teach world religions, and government, and economics, and American foreign policy, but like, how do you? get through learning about that stuff if you're not even sure if like, it's okay to come in the doors. Um, and so um, I asked the principal, I said, we were just so exhausted, it had been going on for like three weeks, this like just, are we, in, are we safe, are we safe? There's another threat, there's another threat, we were just spent. And so I asked the principal, um, can I organize therapy dog visits? And she said, Yes, like right away, like right out of her mouth, she was like, "Yes, you can." So, I organized uh, that therapy dogs would come to school for two weeks in a row. Uh, they'd stay for two hours in the front lobby, um, and if you're allergic to dogs, don't come to the lobby that day, you know. Like, and we had this um, assembly about student safety because, like, students take it seriously. It's their lives and our lives, and. Um, We had this assembly that they could ask their questions about school safety and I got to announce at that point that we were bringing the therapy dogs in and like just the like wave of like relief and joy. People squealed and they clapped and they cheered. Just like the idea that like we would have something to look forward to going to school for and it wouldn't be this like scary place that we've been trapped in for all these weeks. Just this fear and fear and fear. And the therapy dog visits were awesome. How could they not be? Um, and so I even met kids I had never seen in the building before, and our school's not that big. It's like 715 kids. And um, I sat on the floor with kids. They told things to me. They told things to the dog handlers. They talked to the dogs. One of my students told me that he was having a hard time sleeping, that all of this was really impacting him, and he was really feeling anxiety for the first time in his life. And um, I heard a a young student that I didn't know say to the dog, she said, we've been really sad and you made it better. Yeah. And um, you know, that's all we can do as teachers, right? Like we can try to make it better as kids navigate this world and be a bonus adult who like cares profoundly about them. And we try to make it safe for them. You know, and I think back to that like terrified middle schooler that I was. And I didn't have a voice back then, but like now I do, and I can use it to protect myself and the people that I care about, and they're my students. Um, and I think that the middle schooler that I was, this like terrified person, would be really proud of this person that I grew up to be. I didn't even know I could. Um, and I hope that you've had a good teacher, right? And I hope that you'll think to send them a note and say, I saw that thing that you did, and it mattered to me. Um, and I can assure you that your teachers will delight in knowing that they have impacted you, and um, I know for me, I will care about my students forever, and it is why I can't leave high school just yet.
2: Uh, Bree Canlin is a, a teacher, obviously, <laughs> traveler, music lover, and animal enthusiast. A proud alumna of Bowden, am I saying that right? Bowden College? Bowden College, Bowdoin College. Get it right, Shannon. She has taught social studies at Mount Ararat, huh, 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 Ararat High School, and topped since 2001. See, I messed up one of them, huh? <laughs> Bria adores orange tub tabby cats, Nelson Mandela, Margaret Thatcher, Loves the beach, me too. And will always stop to take pictures in a photo booth. Always. And is working on completing 40 adventures before she turns 40 in May. Wow, that's pretty good. She's so glad to return to the soundbite stage for her second ever live storytelling show. One more time, break.
1: If you want to know more about today's storyteller, well, you're in luck. Let's join our host backstage, now in conversation with today's teller. What is your connection to Maine?
0: So I grew up in Maine. I grew up in Washington County, Maine. Um, We moved to the big city of Bangor, Maine, which is the queen city of Maine, when I was in middle school or maybe late elementary school. Um, I went to college in Maine, and I've spent my entire teaching career in Maine. So I've been here basically my whole life but not enough to be a Mainer because I was born in California. It doesn't matter. I'm still from away.
2: Yeah, that's what I heard. Mm -hmm. You got to be from here to be from here. Yeah, yeah. But I would say you're well-connected, you know. Uh, What got you into storytelling?
0: I teach high school social studies, so you sort of have to be on stage and be entertaining for your students, I think. And then I just appreciate a good story as a historian, all that that weaves through history that's so fascinating about how people got to be where they are today. That's always been really interesting to me. And I've been coming to Soundbite since the the first time they ever had one. So it's exciting that they've asked me to be here.
2: How do you prepare for being on stage? Uh, Do you have a process or what is your process?
0: So I like to type my stories out and really think about them. And then I've worked with the folks from Soundbites to sort of fine tune what I'm really talking about. And then I like to record the story um, and listen to it a lot. And then I like to try to tell it a couple times by myself in the car when I'm driving to and from work. Um, and then today I realize I'm more visual. So I've been liking to like read through it again, actually. Um, and then we'll just sort of see how it goes. I guess we're going to wing it, right? And This is like only a little bit bigger than my classroom, so it'll be fine.
2: (laughs) Uh, Tell us a nugget or a detail in the story that didn't make the final cut. Like it's some part of the story that you didn't add into this telling today.
0: When I first wrote this story, I thought it was going to be about my most difficult student who I started student teaching when he was an eighth grader. And I ended up actually going to high school with him and I had him as a ninth grader. And then he was on my schedule to teach as a 10th grader as well. And I took the roster to my department head and I said, if I have this kid for a third year, I have to give you my resignation. And so I thought the story was going to be about what I've learned as a teacher in a very different way than it turned out. So.
1: Well, thank you. Soundbites is brought to you by Frontier Studios and made possible by the generous contributions of Allagash Brewing Company, Frontier, The Press Hotel, Toad & Co., and by the listeners of Maine Public Radio. Special thanks also to GWI and Downey's Pension Services. More information about Soundbites, including how to attend a live storytelling event, can be found online at soundbitesme.org. And of course, you can always hear more stories at mainepublic.org. Thanks for listening.